This is a Rooster Teeth production. everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of annual pass this is the podcast where we talk about all things theme parks rides shows attractions snacks foods you name it if it happens inside of a theme park it happens here on annual pass i am your host jack patillo and of course joining me as always is my lovely beautiful talented and exhausted co-host jeff ramsey (laughs) hi jeffrey Hi, Jack. Spent a lot of day of talking, but I got to say, it sounds weird now not to be saying that or listening to you say that in front of a live audience. I I I like the I like the energy of doing it live. It's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, So a couple couple notes. A number one, I'm a little sick right now. So if my voice seems a little bit off, it's because I feel like death, which is good that we had an an episode. This this awesome this interview episode recorded previously to be able to knock it out. And B, this past week, we did our live show in Orlando and had an amazing, amazing time. Also, while we were there, I spent four days in theme parks filming with producer Ben and we had Dave Cobb for a couple days. We got to we went to Universal Studios and rode Men in Black with Dave and a ton of pass holders we took them all on to on the fast and furious ride which was fun as that's about guys, as fun as that ride can get i think did you guys fill up the the bus no we filled up three rows that that, that bus holds a lot of people but we there was yeah. about 15 of us which is still pretty awesome because it was like midday on a friday and, so you guys uh, so much fun. you guys just kind of uh like because i had to leave unfortunately to get back to austin but mm-hmm. you you guys hung around so you about 15 people showed up and you guys just spent the day riding rides together and stuff yeah yeah yeah. we, with, we hit up in black holders? we went we had lunch over at the uh, at the Leaky Cauldron in Diagon Alley. Then we rode we rode uh, uh, the the Fast and Furious ride. It, it was really cool. It was neat and like got to talk to a bunch of pass holders and like and Dave was there giving cool little facts and, and cool things about like Men in Black and just the park in general. It was it was a really good time and I hope we get to do it again. And next time, hopefully, Jeff, you're gonna you're gonna join us as well. Yeah, so. I, I hope so. By the way, uh, as if we didn't know already going into it, mm-hmm. but w- what confirmation that uh, Dave. Cobb is the coolest person on earth. He is so much fun, dude. That Dave is such a nice guy. And we met his buddy Nathan, who the two of them have a podcast together called Rat Castle. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend <laughs> you listen to it. Um, I've been listening to it now, and they gave us a really lovely shout out after the episode. Uh, such a great name. We recorded. So, uh, but the, the awesome, super, super nice guys. And Dave was exactly who we thought we was, where we thought he was going to be. He was super, super nice. But, uh, but yeah, with today's episode, let's, let's get into it. Uh, cause we, cause, you know, I, I feel horrible and I just want to get this. <laughs> Oh yeah, buddy. I'm sorry about that. I don't. I don't want to drag this out. Let's. No, let's no, it's right okay. Through. First of all, don't forget to grab some merchandise in the store. Store.roosterteeth.com. We have some awesome, awesome new shirts, including our our pride merchandise, which we have up in the store right now, which is great because proceeds from that go towards some amazing charities. I think the Trevor Project and maybe a few other ones. Um, we've got the annual pass pin with the rainbow logo on it. We've got the, the annual pass shirt with the rainbow, um, the Cedar Point shirt. We got some really cool stuff over at store.roosterteeth.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Annual underscore pass on all of the social media stuff and also. So we are annual pass pod on TikTok, which we're going to have some TikTok content coming up soon if we haven't already by the time you're listening to this. But uh, yeah, that's it for all the all the housekeeping. Jeff, do you have any housekeeping you want to you want to take care of right now? No, no. I assume <laughs> at some point we will do uh, or we'll talk in length about that Orlando trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it and kind of go through the thing. Uh, we also okay. shot vlogs for like every single day. And I got to say, I rode Cosmic Rewind. Oh my gosh, that that 
it's it's insane and and, and i'm nervous because it's not even by the by the time this episode comes out it'll be open it opens up on the 27th so when we're recording this in like three days but i want to give it enough time because i don't want to spoil it for people because you need to ride that thing if if you think you're going to get to epcot within the next year don't watch any ride throughs don't do anything because you need to experience it in person it's 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 amazing it is absolutely amazing but We'll get into that in a future episode. This episode today is going to be a lot of fun. We're actually talking to one of my really good friends, Kay, who was a uh, she worked in guest relations over at Magic Kingdom. And um, and she brings a really, really cool perspective on working with guests and kind of a, a new environment. And she was someone that when I started up the podcast, I knew I wanted to talk to at some point. And she has she's got a lot of experience. She worked there for multiple years at Magic Kingdom, including she opened like the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and did a whole bunch of other really cool things. And we'll talk about that in future episodes. But this episode, I wanted to, to look at um kind of a how guests are handled from a guest relations standpoint. So these are the people, if you have issues with a ride or if you have issues with a ticket, you have to talk to them. And I'm, I'm very curious to see how, how much training they needed and everything along those lines. So without further ado, let's, should we just get into it, Jeff? I, I want to learn all about plaid vests. Let's do it. <laughs> plaid vests and big gold D for Disney pins. So uh, that being said, let's go ahead and go to this, this interview we recorded with Kay uh, about a week or two ago. So enjoy it. Jeff, allow me to introduce you to one of my friends. This is Kay Brinkworth. Hi, Kay. Welcome to Annual Pass. Hi. It's very exciting to be here. Hello, Kay. It's nice to meet you. Hello. <laughs> so I've known Kay for a very, very long time. And uh, when I started Annual Pass, Kay was someone I wanted to talk to about her time at uh, Magic Kingdom, about uh, Disney World, because you worked. How long did you work at Disney World? I worked Disney World from January 2011 until... I think it was July 2018 is when I left. Wow. So seven so. years. Um, yep, that, seven That's years. pretty great. Now, Jeff, the reason why I really wanted to talk to Kay is because Kay was a plaid vest. She got to do guest <laughs> relations, like the the sort of the, you know, the the VIPs that would come through and whatnot. But like, so if you ever see the plaid vest people with a big old like gold D, Disney like D on their chest, those are the ones who kind of like, they're like the premier cast members of the park. And I'm always fascinated by what they do and, uh, and how they get to those positions. So... Kay, if you could explain to Jeff, who has no idea how guest relations works at Magic Kingdom, uh, what, what you did and uh, how you got there. Yeah. Um, so a very brief description of what guest relations is, the way that it was always described to uh, people is that essentially guest relations is like the front desk of the theme park. Okay. Uh, so anything that you could possibly need or have questions about while you're in a theme park, you're going to talk to guest relations. Um, so that also means that as a guest relations cast member, you kind of have to be an expert on everything <laughs> or at least know how to get the answers. So you are, uh, you're the keeper of all Disney knowledge while there. <laughs> yes, essentially. Like all, mm -hmm. The answers to all questions are hidden in the pattern of, of, of that plaid vest. Exactly. Which I which yes. I looked up by the way to see if it's literally a plaid vest. It's quite lovely. It's like red and it green is literally and blue. Plaid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, so I'm I'm assuming with with that, I mean, were you are you full of just weird random trivia knowledge as well, or is this more like your specific kind of like where every restroom is? Like, or do you know like how many hidden Mickey's are in the parks, or you know where <laughs> like certain windows? Because you know the windows have like special names on them and stuff. Like, are are you mm -hmm. required to know all that stuff? You are not required to know all the like extra fun fact type things. Okay. It's more like logistical knowledge. 
um, and uh, just kind of knowing your park in particular, because you generally get assigned to a particular theme park when you're guest relations. You want to know that park forward and backwards. So okay. the name, like every attraction, all of the height requirements, which ones are accessible for wheelchairs, which ones are not, um, you know, where all of the quick service restaurants are, what's the best bathroom to use, what time is the parade, the shows, what different characters you can meet, which ones you can't meet, how do I get to this other park, you know, the list goes on. But it's all of those like, general knowledge type things that you need to just know. You can't be asking that to somebody else. The The fun facts, if you do know those, and sometimes you do based on some subsect roles in guest relations, you get to learn a lot of that cool history stuff. Um, then you get to share that stuff or you become that resource in the area for someone to ask questions to. So Okay. Okay, cool. Did, did you have any any fun facts or any like, trivia knowledge that you would drop is like this is a cool thing that not a lot of people know about um i yes i don't know whether i learned that information because i was guest relations or because of other roles that i did at disney uh because another thing that i did for the whole time essentially that i worked at magic kingdom um i was uh one of the facilitators for the park orientation for all the new cast members working at magic kingdom uh so you learn a lot of fun facts and things uh about the park doing that kind of welcome orientation tour and everything so uh that was one aspect of it and then just kind of like becoming friends with people <laughs> that were like really big disney nerds and were like i know who every single name is on all the main street windows and i can tell you about like whether they were imagineers or like friends of the family or like did this other cool thing and yeah so oh, wow yeah, Jeff, so, when, when I did my orientation at Rooster Teeth, you walked me through everything. You knew you knew all of the, <laughs> the names in the windows. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that, that brings up, up the question, because the park changes and evolves. You know, restaurants mm -hmm. open and close, bathrooms get moved, uh, rides open. Uh, is there a continuing education for, for the plaid vesters? Or is that like, like you're like, all right. Uh, we need to have a class this week to tell you all the things that are going to change over the over the summer, or is it just like piecemeal? Like, oh, by the way, you need to know that that bathroom is now moved. Just spread it to all the other uh, plaid vesters. Is that what you, yeah. you call plaid vesters? That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we're generally just called guest relations or GR would be the the acronym. Um, like used. You missed an opportunity there, vester. Well, cool. yeah. yeah. <laughs> It does sound cool. Uh, it's actually probably a little bit of both um, for like minor things about like, hey, this restroom's going to be closed from this date to this date. That might just be like printed in our um, we have a like like a pocket guide that comes out every week called a telecast. And so it might be something that's in that um, that would just be something small to know. But for big things, we'd actually be trained um, and have like sit down like small classes um, on new things. And that happened several times over my career, particularly mm. with the rollout of all of the digital technology. So when like my magic plus premiered in 2013, I believe it was, that was a lot of training and a lot of things on how to us as cast members learning how all of the new things worked, but also knowing how to explain it to the guests and help explain uh, and work, help them through their day. Cause it was a very big transition <laughs> going digital. So, 
So the, the training period to be like guest relations, I imagine mm-hmm. that took a long time because I know like when I worked movie ride, I think we mm-hmm. had five or like five or six days of training just for the movie ride. So I imagine guest relations, they want since you're going to be so front facing. And I imagine also typically dealing with maybe not so happy guests. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe you had to deal with that as well. And also uh, when you did check out of training and you got your vest at that point, you know, you got to put it on, put the D on. Were you fully vested? No. Uh, so <laughs> the Sorry, guest relations terrible training, joke, terrible joke. <laughs> the guest relations training was actually the longest training that I did for any role I had, uh, when I worked at Disney, uh, they had, um, well, first of all, to get guest relations, you have to apply, um, and go through a pretty intense interview process. Um, and it is, it is seen as like a premier position in the park. Um, and I actually like interviewed, um, for it several times. I, it was a, a, a couple of years before I was actually got onto, um, what's called the bench, um, for guest mm. relations. And, um, once you get um, selected and you're going to be going to a park, then you do a lot of classroom training at, um, they call it Disney University. Uh, so you do a lot of classes there, uh, learning uh, the history behind the role, um, learning a lot of guest service skills. Um, although usually if you've gotten the role, you're pretty good at that kind of stuff already. Um, and then you're learning a lot of technology. Um, I had to learn so many different computer programs, particularly the ticketing program at the time was very complicated and had to learn that. Um, but really learning like the back end of like the app that everybody uses in the park, we had to learn the backside of that and how to help guests navigate issues, common issues through that. Um, and that was all before we even set foot in the area. And then once you got to the area, then you had a whole day where you um, we did a whole like tour of the whole Magic Kingdom area. So we actually went to the resorts areas um, and then back through the park and some of the backstage areas that were particular to guest relations. Um, and then you had um, training with your trainer, um, basically throwing you in there um, in what's called City Hall, at least in Magic Kingdom, and being there in at the desk and, you know, receiving guests in line and like, okay, this scenario, how are you going to help them? You know, your trainer's there, but it's really kind of like a learn by doing thing. Okay. Um, but that whole time that you're with the guests in that initial training with your trainer, you actually don't have the D pin. You just have your little ribbon. I actually, I have props with me. So you just have your, your little earning my ears ribbon. Oh. Um, so this, this has little sticky bits here. So you would put it underneath your name tag while you're training. Um, and that way, and this is true for pretty much any role at Disney. You have this little ribbon while you're getting trained. Um, and your trainer is usually nearby. Um, but for guest relations, it is a very big deal when you finish your whole onslaught of training, whether that's in the hall or um, some of the other locations that we work. Um, and there's a very big, it's called your your pinning ceremony, where you actually get your D-pin, which I have here as well. So this is the, oh, the wow. guest relations D-pin. Um, cool, and, right, Jeff? <laughs> that's pretty neat. Yeah. 
Uh, and so it's a very big ceremony. You actually don't know when it's happening. You're just doing your regular like <laughs> assessment day. And then they just kind of like sneak you backstage. And it's a big, it, it's very emotional. I actually have video of my deep ending ceremony Aww. that someone took for me. Um, but yeah, they, they read this whole spiel off as to like the history of the role. And then you finally get to put the deep pin on and take your earning your ears, uh, little ribbon off. And then you're like, officially in the role and like off on off on your own it's amazing that you know like that kind of i mean this is you know something important and has been like passed down over the years it doesn't feel like oh it's just a job like it actually feels like you are in a role like you've been cast Mm -hmm. as this person and like it's one of those things it's definitely hard to kind of explain or kind of to wrap your head around if you haven't been in that space but yeah. when you see someone like I, I know when I worked there, like, oh, you'd see, you know, the people in the plaid vest like, oh, wow. OK, like they've been kicking butt. And it's like because, you know, Disney, especially for a role like that, they're not just going to throw anyone out there. They're not going to take some mm-hmm. random college kid and like put them out in front. It's like these are people that need to be premier because when you think of Disney, typically you think of the guest experience and the relations yep. with cast members. And it's always such a positive experience. Disney always had that going for them. That was so important. And so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a significant deal, Jeff. I imagine in my head, it's very similar to, uh, say you're just a run of the mill soldier in the halo universe. And then you see an ODST or a Spartan walk by and you're like, <laughs> that's the, those, are the, those are the real people right there. <laughs> Never thought of the, the plaid vests as the Spartans of, of yeah, Magic Kingdom. Sp- yeah, the Spartans totally. of Magic Kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. I kind of, uh, I kind of like that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what was your typical day like? Once you once you got to take the the little red uh make, get my ears off and put your your uh-huh. go- gorgeous golden D on your <laughs> on your lapel. Well, the fun thing um is that you got to get trained in several different locations throughout the park as guest relations. Um, so the primary location is City Hall, which is like right when you walk in um, from the train station on Main Street, USA. It's one of the first buildings and you walk in. So it's pretty centrally located. So you get a lot of foot traffic in there. Um, I actually didn't work in City Hall all that often. Mm. Um, the Where I ended up getting scheduled the most often was <laughs> at a fun position um, that we called Grape um, because it was guest relations at park entry. Hmm. So um, there is a, a amount of guest relations cast members that are at the, um, the touch points, what used to be turnstiles, you know, coming into the park that are there to assist with issues coming in. So hmm. when someone's biometric didn't work up, you know, the finger with their, their ticket, you know, if that didn't sync up right or their ticket is showing some other kind of issue, the cast members running the regular touch points don't have a lot of resources to like fix actual issues right there. <laughs> um, so that's where they kind of like call a guest relations cast member over and we have to pull that family aside and actually like look into their account and figure out what's going wrong, fix it and get them in the park as quickly as possible. Uh-huh. Um, so I did a lot of that. Um, it was called being on the vine. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did a lot of that. So there was a lot of just like walking around outside. Um, and I also worked at the guest relations window, which is right outside the technical entrance of the park right there by the touch points. So that was where we mostly sold tickets. Hmm. Um, so that was actually my favorite place to work <laughs> was the window um, because it was just kind of a fun 
experience because you're all kind of like there in this small room uh, at your own like individual windows, but you you just kind of had like this uh, rhythm to the day at the window uh, that was really fun and getting to kind of problem solve uh, these sometimes really bonkers scenarios with people's tickets um, and trying to help them start planning their day on their way into the park. I imagine too, you got to sit down, which is going to be nice. Not a lot of places you can do that in the park. <laughs> that was also one of the perks is you did get to sit, which was, I think the only role I ever had where I got to sit down. <laughs> I guess I, I never thought about that, but I guess there is probably a lot of standing and walking at Disney uh, throughout the day. What, how often would you be stumped by a question? And like, what are some of the most off the wall questions you've ever had? You would get stumped fairly often. Um, and I would say maybe like one out of five interactions, I would either not be sure or have absolutely no idea what was going on. (laughs) Um, And for that, it's really a a team collective knowledge type experience with guest relations. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of like, you know, tell the guests like, hey, I'm not really sure about this. Give me a second. I'm going to find out or I'm going to figure it out. And you just like you talk to the room or you go and talk to your coordinator or leader um, in City Hall, um, which is, again, that main building. That one, there's actually a position called the help desk um, that is a guest relations cast member that um, sits in this little little corner of the backstage area that is literally supposed to be there and answer any question. Like they are like the font of knowledge slash mm. have all kinds of people on different like phone lines that they can call up immediately for issues and you know you you're very nice and 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 smiles to the guests and you're like hang on a second and you go to the backstage and you're like oh my god they have the most ridiculous ticket scenario i've never seen this how do we fix this um yeah so it it's usually a group a group think uh, on a lot of issues um, most of the things that I dealt with, honestly, were, I was a big tech advisor, essentially, is what happened most of the time. Um, mm. because people start playing around on the website and then the app trying to, you know, buy things for their friends or extended family members and they don't link them properly. So then you have like multiple accounts and they're not talking to each other and things get tricky the more you do that kind of stuff. So you have to end up calling like, the super IT folks, um, which are actually called the Avengers uh, at Disney. You have, to, you have to call the Avengers and they have to save the day. Uh, I, I worked I worked in tech support for five and a half years. It's the company uh, we worked at when we started Rooster Teeth. And I'm getting PTSD flashbacks just from this conversation. Yeah. Now, I, can only, I can only imagine what it's going to be like now. I mean, like you, you uh, left before the park reservation system mm-hmm. and Disney, like, or the Lightning Lane and Genie yep. and Genie Plus. Plus, like the it feels to me the sheer number of sort of uh, mechanics and programs and things you have to do to do attractions now it like or just to get into parks to like reserve food to make a reservation mm-hmm. like I can only imagine like are you still in touch with people who are guest relations now because I can oh yeah. The, the amount of hair that's going to be on the floor from people ripping yeah. it out throughout the day has got to yeah. be incredible. I yeah, one of my best friends still works Magic Kingdom guest relations, and I actually like reached out to her with a couple of questions I had because I wasn't sure what we would talk about, and I was like, just verify, <laughs> tell me about this kind of stuff. But I have been talking to her, and it's it is such a different experience. I mean, because yeah. I yeah, like you said, I left before COVID. I left before all of the reservation systems and they had like a big ticket ticketing system change since I left too. So 
a lot of my experience in guest relations isn't really true for most people now in the role. So yeah, it's like they've uh, they've been through uh, the pandemic and all that. They've it's like if you saw them now. They'd have like an eye patch, somebody would be missing an arm. They're all yeah. just grizzled and war-torn. They're like, it, you got out it when is. it was when the getting was still good. Right? <laughs> Very much. Oh man. So okay, so I am curious. Um, you mm-hmm. do see the guest relations people who do the VIP tours. How how does yes. someone end up in that position? So That is very confusing to most regular folks because it is a completely different role than guest relations. Um, It is the VIP tour guides. um, They have entirely separate interview and like audition scenario um, training. They're they're in a completely different office base, entirely different. They wear the same costume. So it's very confusing. (laughs) For okay, that makes sense because I had no person. idea. I just assumed that was all yeah. the same role. Like it is kind of like they cherry picked out a few people who were over there. But that that's no. that's new to me. Yeah. So it is an entirely separate role, which means I unfortunately don't have any like firsthand experience or knowledge on how that works. Um, I just know some stories because while it is an entirely separate role, it is generally um, not an all the time gig. So a lot of the cast members that I worked with in regular guest relations also were VIP tour guides from time to time. Um, So like they had personal stories of like, you know, I, I usually get paired up with X celebrity or, you know, I had this crazy thing happen when I was trying to take this family from this park to this park, but not a lot of firsthand experience on that, unfortunately. (laughs) Man, yeah, that's uh, I definitely it's interesting about that because I, I have I have a friend who her family, she her father's pretty, pretty uh, famous. And mm-hmm. so she literally was telling me about they had a VIP tour guide that every time they would go, they would have the same person. And they were almost like a yes. family member at that point because they would go a whole lot out in California. And mm. it's like, man, that's kind of wild to think that, like, you know, what happens if that person leaves? You have to find a whole new person and then, like yeah. adopt them into your family. But, it, but that d- is generally how that happens is they usually keep the same cast member as long as they like have a good relationship. It's usually the same VIB tour guide every time that particular family or, or celebrity comes. OK, well, I mean, I maybe you don't know about this, but if someone, uh, you know, if someone of importance like a, like a VIP shows up and mm-hmm. didn't I mean, how, how, do, how does it like someone be assigned a, a VIP tour guide or is it kind of like do you have to book in advance? But I mean, if like if Tom Hanks rolled up to Magic Kingdom right now with just nothing booked, I like what what would happen? Like, would would someone scoop him away and be like, we don't want to cause a scene in the park. We're going to take care of you. Or as opposed to like someone who may not be as super famous, but still well known. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how does that kind of stuff work? Or do you know anything about that? Um, I will say that it is something that they have to pay for. Um, it is okay. not just mm-hmm. like a service provided by Disney. Um, so, so wait, Disney makes them pay for something interesting. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they do have to pay for the service. Um, I don't know of any instance where someone that is super famous would just show up without prior, at least alerting the park. Um, I'm sure if someone showed up without making a reservation beforehand, beforehand, they could probably scramble to get a VIP tour guide to assist them. Um, really, it just becomes like this like 
line of demarcation, like whether the guest walking through the park is going to cause problems being unescorted or whether they can just kind of like slip through the radar. Um, because that's one of the big issues and reasons that they have that role is to make sure that, you know, they don't cause like big clumps of people to like trail after them or like bother them and let them like just be able to experience the parks as a guest. Um, cause then it sort of can become a security issue if you have like all these globs of people like moving through the park or like running after people and taking photos, not ideal in most scenarios. So yeah, yeah. they probably scramble to find somebody. Um, if someone just showed up without telling beforehand that they were going to be at the park. Yeah. Cause every time Jeff and I have gone to the parks, we've never been you know, approached by the VIP people to be like, Oh, we'll yeah. take care of you. It's, and- we're waiting for it. And, you know, when Jack and I go to a theme park because of this podcast and our association with Rooster Teeth, there might be as many as one person who comes up and says hi to us and, and recognizes yeah, us. And that's, so it's it, a it, real can get pretty over, it can get pretty overwhelming for that three seconds. So. Hey, I mean, I've been with Jack in the parks and it's I'd say it's more than one. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my parents, they count, you know, they'll, they'll be like, yes, oh, hey, we know that count. guy. And, like, and then, you know. No, it's uh man, that's it's wild. So uh yeah, so you worked in a few other places. I like I would love mm-hmm. to bring you back on because you helped open the Seven Dwarves Mine Train. And I'm very, I very sure curious did. Yes. your experience about opening an attraction. Cause that was a significant change for Magic <sighs> Kingdom when it opened up. It was intense. Um yeah. it also was a very tricky time because you had to build the entire attraction in the middle of a land. There was no backstage access, so yeah, and, that, and, and Seven Dwarves is, is like an island too, right? Like you mm-hmm. can get literally at all all sides of it. So I can imagine yeah. building that was a bit tricky. But we'll we'll, we'll bring you on for a full <laughs> episode for that. I, I'm I'm very yeah. curious to hear about that. But um, so what? So we talked about you worked at the front of the park. Um, mm-hmm. what what was your favorite thing to point out to guests that you like? You know, like I I love when you kind of like make the magic for people. Where you kind of like like hey, look at that, or show people mm-hmm. things that they might not notice. Was there anything you had that you'd be like, hey, don't don't forget to do this, or look over here? Was there any sort of special thing that you had in the back in your back pocket at all times? Um, I don't know if I had any like particular like look here, you'll see this. Um, I had more of those like fun little detail things at. The places I used to work in Fantasyland at the different attractions. So like I knew like little hidden things, not necessarily hidden Mickeys, although there were some of those. But for me, it was always like, a, hey, this is my favorite attraction to do or like go do this first. And like this is my favorite place to eat afterwards. Um, I would always try and sell people on Mickey's Magic. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love that attraction so much. Um, but yeah, it was mostly um, my favorite time was when I actually had the time to sit down with a family and be like hey what are you guys looking forward to what have you been trying to do that you like couldn't seem to fit into your schedule Mm. and then like maybe try and like make magic happen on that because that was one of the coolest things is you know trying to get people to have you know that best Disney vacation possible because you you want people to have a fun time. So, you know, if they're super stressed out because like the one thing they wanted to do was to go ride the Seven Doors Mine Train, right? But like they couldn't get a fast pass and the line's too long and, you know, it just kind of was like bringing down their whole vacation, you know, 
I might decide I'm going to give them a fast pass to the seven dwarves mine train. Um, yeah. And then seeing them like really just like come alive and like get so excited and give them stickers and all. I mean, oh, stickers are so great. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, just really trying to like turn, I guess, a day around or even just like explaining how stuff works in the park. People just have honestly sometimes no idea. They just like walk in and just wander and they don't read signs they don't do research which is fine you know you can just go in and you know have a fun time but sometimes if you know a little bit about how the park works and like hey if you actually come that first hour the park's open you can go on all those big attractions what used to be the e-ticket attractions and they're not going to have a wait and you can get all that fun stuff done first thing in the morning and then you know work out your day a little bit differently but it was mostly that that kind of like firsthand experience in the park that I really liked sharing with people and being like hey no one ever comes to this one show you should really check it out I think it's hilarious um like the Muppet show that would happen in Liberty Square I mean like you know what they're really cool you should go and listen to them um but yeah that was kind of like my favorite things to do. That's cool. Well, if anyone from guest relations from Epcot is listening right now, I'm not going to have a good day if I can't go on Cosmic Rewind. So, I mean, oh, oh, it's going to be God. the worst. Jeez, just, just saying, if you have any fast passes you want to throw my way, because otherwise my life is going to be horrible do if you, I don't uh, ride Cosmic Rewind. Do you still, ignoring <coughs> ignoring all of Jack's grifting, uh, <laughs> do you do you ever have like stress dreams where you're like uh, you like I'm, I'm at work but my plaid vest is at the cleaner still or like you know like you would like like people have college dreams where they they realize they missed a test oh yeah um a thousand percent um I actually <laughs> I think the the most vivid work dream I ever had at Disney actually wasn't when I was at guest relations it was when I was uh on my college program <laughs> Uh, when I worked at Soren over at Epcot and I had this like stress stream that I had like this giant, it wasn't Soren, but it was Soren. It was like this giant train full of just like hundreds of people. And I had to check all of their seatbelts and no one was checking their seatbelts. So I just had to pull like a thousand yellow straps, like just row after row after row. And like, it was never ending. And that was like a semi occurring stress dream I had <laughs> back in the day. So you, you did college program as well. Were you, were you mm -hmm. one of the kids who went down for college program and just never left? Or did you did you go back, finish up college and come back down to Florida? Um, it, uh, sort of both. Um, <laughs> I did the college program at the end, really, of my college career. I was having some like, what is life? I don't know what I'm doing because I had an English degree and I was like, what am I supposed to do with this? Um, but I worked in college. I worked at uh, what was called a university ambassador. It was like the tour guide of the university. Um, and it was part of the hospitality program. So I actually had friends I worked with that did hospitality college programs at Disney. Um, and so they came back and they were like, that was so amazing. And I had been Disney kid all my life. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. It has nothing to do with my major. Like, why would I do it? And they're like, oh, no, you can totally do it no matter what major you're doing. And so I just on a whim applied and interviewed and got it. And so then I did this college program where I essentially disappeared from my university for a semester um, <laughs> and did the college program um, through the summer. And then I went back and did one last semester to finish my degree and then came back working full time at Disney because wow. I had that was back when uh, a seasonal cast member was kind of still a thing. So I was technically seasonal during my last semester and came back down a couple of months, uh, a couple of times during during the semester. 
and then came back because I still had this job at Disney and that was what I had lined up after college and kind of went from there. So nice, nice. Okay, Vista or Chatamoy? Neither, actually. Oh, I got oh, to live in the very bougie Patterson, oh, um, no. which none of those even exist now. Um, I don't know if you know this, Jack. Yeah, Vista Way got sold. I, I, I don't all, know what happened to Chatham, but I, they're, I knew, they're I knew all, Vista. They're all sold. No college program kids are, are there now. They're all at this very bougie Flamingo Crossings. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, the thing. whole new area. Yeah. They're, they're, so Jeff, I, we've talked about it a little bit in the past, yeah, but yeah. The, so the college program they had their you know their individual locations, but yeah, the the original ones I guess have all been sold. So uh, mm-hmm. my my sister had the idea of whoever bought Vista Way should turn it into like almost a retirement community for college program kids <laughs> who like want to come yes. back and relive their glory days. You can go stay in a you know eight people to one apartment, but yeah, I don't, I don't think know. that's really the glory days, but yeah. <laughs> It was awesome. Well, well, Kay, mm-hmm. like I like I said, we'll absolutely have you back on in the future to talk a little bit more about specific attractions because I am yeah. fascinated yeah. by Seven Dwarves. But this has been fun. I, I love doing this kind yeah. of stuff because I love getting, you know, kind of a peek at like a different area. And like, hopefully, if you're listening to this podcast now, you can appreciate what se- like someone in guest relations might do, because like maybe you don't understand like the amount of work and knowledge that goes into being someone there. But training. think about it. If you step back and see the forest for the trees, when you approach someone from a guest relations, they have to know everything as much as possible. And so maybe now you can be like, oh, wow, like that's actually really impressive. So thank you for shedding some light on that, Kay. Absolutely. Anytime. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, Jeff, do you have any final questions for Kay before we let her go? Do you uh, do you miss it? Yeah, (laughs) I miss miss Disney. I know leaving was the right decision, but Mm. it's still a very big part of who I am. I mean, obviously, I have stuff on the wall and everything, but uh, (laughs) it's 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 always going to hold a very special place in my heart. But I do recognize that it is very different now. So, yeah. Awesome. Okay. thank you so much. We appreciate you being on our podcast and uh, we'll talk to you again in the future. Absolutely. Can't wait. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. And that was Kay. How awesome is she, Jeff? Uh, fantastic. Way cooler <laughs> than you. No offense to you. That that's you know. all right. That's all right. That's I I love talking to her from kind of the 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 uh, the employee or like the the cast member aspect of things. I love hearing about different roles inside of the theme parks that I never experienced, and uh, it's really cool. I elevated like the grapevine, like up at the front. It, like, and it's funny when we were there last week, I had to interact with some of those people as well, and I saw I was like, oh, they're on the vine. That's so cute. But uh, but yeah, it was, it was really fun. And thank you again, Kay, for uh, for joining us for an episode of Annual Pass. And if you're if you're listening to this now and you're like, I think the last episode we released uh, was Smuggler's Run was the uh, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run episode. I think I mentioned in that one we were the next episode will be Back to the Future, the ride. We had some tech issues with that one, so we're actually having to redo it. So that one will be coming out pretty soon. And also, Jeff, that means we might have BK join us for her first episode because we announced. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, we announced at the actual the live show we did uh, that BK is going to be joining the cast of Annual Pass just to get someone with, you know, like someone who's super into theme parks like me, someone we can bounce stuff off of and also someone that we can do a lot more traveling and stuff with. So, yeah, it's the the grim reality is it's it's difficult for me to travel and uh, I don't want to slow the podcast down by my inability to make every trip so and uh and also she is super super savvy when it comes to social media and whatnot so yeah. she's going to be helping us uh, just ramp that up quite a bit so because watching you fumble through tiktok has been <laughs> personally extremely enjoyable but i don't know if it's going to be productive for the I, podcast i recorded some tiktok stuff while we were in florida so i'm going to try to make a tiktok i'm going to make my first tiktok oh, for man. the annual pass podcast so 
But uh, yeah, so stay tuned. Next week's episode, I think I need to talk to BK because I think we'll do one on her favorite ride ever. And then the next one after that will be Back to the Future. So uh, yeah. So anyway, tune in for that. We're really excited to have BK joining us in the studio. And uh, and yeah, and it's sort of like the next generation of annual pass as we've crossed this year mark now. But uh, thank you very much, everyone who listens. And don't forget, we're doing the Q&A stuff now. We're, we're, gonna, we're going to... We're going to actually answer questions and whatnot in episodes on our live streams. So we're doing live streams about once a month. I think our next one is in June. So it's coming up pretty soon. Um, I'm sure we'll put in the description below when that thing will actually be happening. But this is the point where I actually ask you a question and you answer in the comments below. And then on the live stream, we'll go through a few of them. So my question for you this week is, have you ever had an experience with a Disney guest relations cast member? And if so, how did it go? Because I'm, I'm curious to see how that went. I've always had nothing but fantastic experiences with them. And I'm curious about yours. So my voice is going, Jeff. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should be going with it then. Yeah. So give so you a break. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you very much again to Kay. Thank you, everyone who listened. All the pass holders, you guys are amazing. YouTube.com slash annual pass if you want to watch us live, including that's where all of our new video content is going to go as well. And uh, yeah, we will see you guys very soon for another episode. Jeff, you feel like you learned anything today? Uh, absolutely, Jack. I learned that plaid isn't just for Steve Martin movies. <laughs> Wait, Steve Martin movies? Yeah, you remember Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid? Oh, okay. I was thinking Spaceballs. Because that's that'd be a <laughs> way before movie. that, way before that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Love you. Y'all out there, all the pass holders. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye.